This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean, Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. David, Chaz, I'm having real trust issues with you guys now. I have a similar story to Tampa Crips. My uh, girlfriend bought Laird Superfood Creamer. One day, we ran out of regular creamer, and I decided to use Laird Superfood. And uh, every sip of that coffee felt like a dagger to the place in my heart that I reserved for the grit community. Now I'm hearing that we're just going to be best buddies with the foil god. What have we become? We need to feel self-conscious of our selected grocery items and fear that a grit community listener is judging us behind our backs on aisle five. So I'm not going to lie. Taste of Laird's Superfood Creamer is fantastic, but now I'm reverting back to black coffee. Anyways, keep up the work. Abandoning, but he loves just to be a part of our community. I mean, it made me think. Did we go too easy on Laird? I was trying to think of all the evils that Laird has done in the surf world, and I will admit, yesterday or last show, I forgot. I forgot that. Laird Hamilton is singularly responsible for stand-up paddleboarding. I forgot that Laird Hamilton is a lot responsible for foiling. Yeah. I have no problem with foiling, TBH. Just no foiling in the lineup. I saw some kook. uh, Where was it? I don't know, somewhere local. Just like foiling away in the lineup and losing his board and it just tumbling, axing through. It's insane that people allow that. Totally insane. Like... I mean, that's the only one one I've seen, but so, I have seen supper. So again, I'm gonna. I forgot. I forgot the evils. I was I was sports washed by Laird Hamilton. I'm back. Um, if you, I remember when he first got into foiling, he was actually sitting in a chair. Yeah, it, it was, was a chair that was mounted on a surfboard with the foil underneath. Had you ever done that? That's have, called the air chair. 
It is oh, a, it's that's a, right. it's that's a water right. ski right. thing. Yeah yeah. 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 Crazy. Well, and then a listener also followed up last week by sending, he's like, dude, I'm getting ads now for Laird's clothing brand. He's like, and this is just a knockoff. Like it looks like a cheesy version of outer known. And it's, um, and I forgot that he had a clothing brand too. He has so many little side businesses. I totally forgot. He, I mean, his clothing brand has to be failing worse than his coffee creamer business. I, I, I mean, completely and utterly forgot that he had a clothing brand. Me too. It's called Laird Apparel. Is, yep. is it not? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I'm still not trying the coffee. I mean, the reality is we've given Laird more a- advertising. So no matter how much negative yep. negativity you spew or you try to now spew now that it doesn't matter. Yourself, it's just more. Doesn't matter. We talked about coffee creamer more than we've talked about AG1. The real truth about coffee creamer though, if you're an adult male, do not use it. Teach yourself to go black and you will never go back. I'm currently, I could hold this up, but it'll spill if I try to show it to the camera. Black, that's all I need. I mean, it takes a minute. I'll tell you that what, I probably shared it on the show. What got me off? What is your leaving creamer behind origin story? Never was into creamer in the first place. So I was a creamer guy. Okay. Uh, one day ran out of creamer and thought, you know, I am sick, sick and tired of always having to go to the store for a little coffee thing. Like it's not the essential. It's not the coffee. It's this added thing I put in. Screw it. And it took me probably two or three days to change the taste buds to now creamer and coffee tastes like, ugh, it's not good. If you even, if I drink a coffee that even has milk in it, the milk tastes sweet to me. Yeah. And I'm sure there's very little sugar in milk, I would imagine. Sure. That's problematic for me because I just prefer that. Yeah. Love the bitter. bitter. Uh, But I didn't discover coffee until I was 26. Mm. So I I think if I got into it younger, I probably would have liked yummy flavors more. That was my problem. Yeah. But, but you, listener, as an adult male, look, take a hard look in the mirror at the fact that you need basically what a baby eats in your man drink. Yeah. You so need a little bit of baby juice in there. Laird's a big baby. A giant baby. Adult baby. That's what Laird Hamilton is. Strong baby. I mean, a that's, lot of babies are. That's Jonah Hill's production company name. Strong baby. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that? Dude, I pulled up. I just saw it yesterday, in fact. Yeah. I pulled up. Um, Stutz. Yes. Did you watch it? No. So this morning, <laughs> literally it was this morning, which isn't enough time to include it in the show notes if I wanted to do like proper yeah. research or whatever. I was giving Austin his bottle. He loves to watch Trash Truck, which yep. is a great show. Child, Trash Truck. Trial, kids show on Netflix. Um, but it was on my account rather than his account. So it's showing all the normal stuff. And it was that. Stutz. Jonah Hill's picture there. Yeah. So then I clicked to see what it is. And it's the synopsis said... Him and his therapist. Jonah Hill produced and directed, I think even, yeah. a converse, an hour and a half conversation with his own therapist digging into what makes Jonah Jonah. Yeah. And I'm like, and then published it as a film? Ostensibly, if I'm not mistaken, it was supposed to be, or how it was probably pivoted to not look purely narcissistic was uh, Jonah Hill interviewing his therapist, because I think his therapist is famous, of course, yeah. uh, interviewing his therapist about him uh, and then publishing it to destigmatize mental health stuff, right? Ostensibly. But, and again, I, I have been waiting to write about it, but I do need to watch it, I feel, yeah. uh, first. But it does feel to me like a person videoing and then publishing their own therapy session about them 
and unpacking there. It seems like Jonah Hill has reached with this one. Crazy. Absolute peak narcissism. Beyond what I could have imagined. Yeah. And then to the story that news story that we didn't even talk about ever on air was him not doing any press for his movies anymore because 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 of mental health. It's, it yeah, it's too, much, gives him too much anxiety. Yeah. So it's like in certain ways you're retracting and not participating, but then in this other way, you're going completely above well, specifically in a way that's probably equally problematic for the, you. the story of him not doing press anymore was directly related to this oh, movie okay, to, so it. he was not going to do press anymore on stuts because he felt anxiety got and it. learned about that anxiety through this da, da, da. but then why in the world are you honestly again i haven't watched it so it may be about his therapist right well what's I hope that it's what you said. It started out about his therapist, yeah. but he's so narcissistic that the end product ended up being about him. I like it started with good intentions yep. and ended up just being a reflection of what jo his heart really is. Of Jonah yeah. Hill, thinking about Jonah Hill exactly. and perpetually being Jonah Hill and being caught in the in the wheelhouse of Jonah Hill. Exactly. Imagine if you were that self-aware perpetually. Like if the only person you thought about was yourself, the only thing the way you can engage with the world was through your own self lens. Like I feel anxiety. So I have to pull myself out of this instead of like drink up concrete, Jonah Hill, toughen up. Who cares if you're anxious, go out and do your damn job. Glad you brought this up. Yeah. This brings us to a listener email. Great. Um, the subject header said re Chaz saying, don't take baths quote, be a man. Don't take a bath. Seriously. Chaz says, don't pamper yourself, but then regularly goes on about expensive Italian loafers, fancy hotels, $1,000 plus bed sheets, yet I'm a dandy for soaking my old bones after a hard day of labor? You got to be kidding me. Get your baths, ye weary workers, or take your baths, ye weary workers, and afterward, we can sleep well in our Walmart sheets knowing that we don't let a fashion-clad, loafer-shoed, fancy man shame our self-care. <laughs> Love ya. Fancy nonsense at all. Keep up the work. Signed, Blue Collar Bather. DLS, don't say my name if you do read this on air. Blue Collar Bather is a great handle. And Blue Collar, collar Bather, it's got a if, point. if you and I's if we're out somewhere in the old West, like I like the idea of a cowboy bath, right? Like remember cowboys would hop it. into yeah, a of tub. That was the only way to do it. Great. Yeah. The shower wasn't an option. I'm all down with that. Like let's go take cowboy baths after herding, after running range. Uh, but yeah, I'm still anti-bath. I am still anti-bath. Yeah. But uh, calling him uh, or shaming the self-care element and then you doing self-pampering in all those ways that he's talking about. A fancy hotel, a good pair of loafers, nice sheets. Those are none of those are self-care. That is that is essentials. Living tough. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you ever pay fancy you're at a fancy hotel? Do you ever get the massage at the hotel itself. Never. I don't get Never massages once. full stop. Oh, okay. I'm not a it falls under pampering. Exactly. Like uh, we can go through what pampering is. Pampering is manicure, pedicure. Pampering is getting a massage. Pampering is taking a bath. Pampering is uh, getting a facial. Pampering is buying lotion for yourself. Unless you absolutely have a skin condition that requires that lotion. Pampering is, we go on. I get it. Do you like the feel of a massage though? No. Okay. Yeah. So then that's not pampering. Well, I mean, theoretically I would, if I could get out of my own way, I think of thinking I'm being a real sissy boy right now. 
okay, let's d- dive a little bit deeper. Yes. Jonah Hill session right yeah. here. Yeah. Um, do you like the feel of touch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not from a stri- Where's the dividing line then between that and a massage? I would, I think I would like the massage and I have liked a massage before. I have very much enjoyed massages in the past. So it's not about me not enjoying them. It's about me mentally thinking you're being a baby right now. You're being a big old baby. Man. Get off this table, get out there and like do some road work. I wish it was more qualified to play Stutz's role yeah. in this engagement <laughs> because that is truly problematic. But like, I can't enjoy the things that actually are innately enjoyable to me because yes. of my ideology. Exactly. But what are we without our ideology? We are big Jonah Hills. Yeah. We are just. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> we are dying on Regular. Jonah's Hill. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, another listener feedback. Such great heights. I used to jump from high rocks at the river in Northern California where I grew up. I did some 30 and 40 foot jumps into Eel River at this place called Aptly High Rock. But was scared every single time. I saw many people do many crazy things. Uh, from such, from higher heights, including in various states of inebriation and stoniness. My rule was always, could I fall off the takeoff location and still safely land in deep water? If not, I really shouldn't jump. Good point. Clearing that thing is the problem, right? Clearing that thing is so scary. I stayed at a uh, odd house, I suppose it is. It's outside of Las Vegas. Uh, it is a pirate-themed <laughs> estate uh, that you can rent out. It's just... You can treasure Google. Island, right? Is that no? Cause it's like, it's a, I mean, basically it's treasure Island. That's okay. a personal private treasure Island. And so there's like a bunch of different like bungalows or whatever. There's like a main house and then other, but it's all like kind of built around this giant pool that has the, or the pools like on multi-levels with so water slides yeah. and blah, 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 blah. Anyhow, there is a, you know, half wrecked pirate ship there with a, I think the mast is a hundred feet. Jesus. And you can climb bird's nest, various portions on the mast to jump. Uh, the pool looks tiny yeah. when you're up there. Right. And so, so crazy. Dude. Yeah. Like the thought of, I'm going to get my angle just slightly wrong from there. Like, yeah, I was staying there with Travis Pastrana. So watching him and his boys, the nitro circus guys bail off the top one. I think even his daughter did it at some no point. Way. Yeah. How deep like, was the pool? I mean, it was plenty. It was like probably 20 or 30 feet. I mean, like it was, they designed it was it built way. for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But still like there was, this was a man-made thing built for this. There's no way you were going to, uh, but there was looked like plenty of ways right. that you would overshoot. You would right. get like adrenaline and kick off a little too much. And then, Oh yeah. So scary. Gives me the shivers thinking about it. Well, he goes on to say when I was 20, we were way deep in the NorCal backpacking trip in the Trinity Alps amongst remote lakes and a, a, one of my very good high school buddies jumped from a rock with a lake uh with a big lake as a target he didn't make it to the water 60 foot jump landed on the rocks on his pelvis in sitting position oh. pelvic fractures internal bleeding leg fractures t11 spine burst fracture with cord injury permanent lower extremity paralysis and bowel bladder incontinence and chronic pain helicoptered out almost died multiple surgeries never the same what a devastating thing for him typing this out i still have ptsd a bit and i guess listening to your guys podcast discussion spurred my emotions that was back in 1991 he passed about 10 years ago from long-term buildup uh to the acute 
sudden or to an acute, a sudden acute compli- uh, complication. His early death in his forties directly resulted from that jump 20 years earlier. Rest in peace, Tim. No shame in walking away from a jump. None. Thanks for listening to the rant. Just wanted to put in my two cents. I feel so old writing this. Shucks. I mean, that's the problem with it, right? Is there is, it's a fine line between, I think, because the day you walk away from a jump is a sign of, you could say maturity, but it's also, uh, you're caring about consequence. You are, it's all, all it's all of these things, which the bold man, you know, the, the people we look up to, don't do that. Nobody's looking up to Jonah Hill. No, nope. tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bold man is a short has a short life. That's the thing. Um, I just don't have the thrill. I, I mean, you're entirely right. There's That's, no point. I just don't feel the thrill from that thing that I used to feel. For sure. But you're right. It's because of all those other. Things. I, I do think though, like when presented uh, with a clear light, I think he opened up beautifully. Right with a. Easy or not easy jump, a jump into a, if I fall, I'll make it into this water, right? Yeah. Like I think overcoming regularly in our lives, I think pushing through that kind of stuff is important for your, even if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that for sure. Well, uh, Thanksgiving is upon us next week. Can't believe it's already here. Which means something else important is upon us. It's been about four years since we paid respect to the surf world's hardest working, most creative, prolific, influential writers who toil anonymously under the brand name that signs their paychecks. Do you know which unsung creatives, creative geniuses I'm speaking about? I know. Wetsuit. <laughs> Nomenclature <Copy>. copywriters. <laughs> I mean, these are yep. the most creative. You see yep. a wetsuit ad on your Instagram from a big brand. The words that they not only come up with, they then patent them. Because if you go look at it, they're all patented. patented. Yeah. Psycho bomb. Yeah, exactly. Patented. Exactly. And I think that we can all agree on who the winner has been probably for a decade now. Long time. Long time winner. Kind of the most, um, it's become a part of our just regular, in the way that Kleenex now domi- dominates the world of tissue or Xerox dominates the world of making copies. What dominates Smooth, warm, elastic wetsuits. Uh, it is, uh, what's the specific kind of rubber called? No, <laughs> it's techno butter. Techno butter. Techno That's butter. what it is. Techno, techno butter. butter. It was created by O'Neill, of course. They're the ones who have techno butter. First in the water. But it's just like, if you just think of a wetsuit being slick and awesome, you think, oh man, this is techno butter. Yeah. It's taken over. I mean, it really has. Yeah. I hear it out on the streets sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. I just see the butter in the refrigerator and I think that's techno butter. I do. I'm like, I see butter, techno butter pops in my mind just because it's such a good term. They really nailed it. Great. I don't even know what it means to be honest. No, I mean, I can, I can feel what it means. That's when you know you have a good word, you can feel what it means. Well, the reality is it's of course, butter means like pliable, right? And we know the wetsuit's going to be warm. Techno has nothing to do with it, but it makes you want to dance. I mean. Now I'm happy. I'm great. I'm loving it. Warm, slippery, and happy. And happy. Want to dance. In my wetsuit. So O'Neill owns the kind of, they are the ones who have dominated a space that has some pretty amazing creative nomenclature for each of the different brands. So I'm going to lead off this year's battle of wetsuit nomenclature with O'Neill and their, um, I forget which wetsuit this is. I think 
this is on their fusion wetsuit and the hyperfreak wetsuit. They use these terminologies. And then you, I'm going to read a few different brands and you got to rank them. Who's okay. doing the best? Okay. Who's doing the best work out here in this space? O'Neill has the Fuse Closure. Fuse is an acronym for front, upper, zip, mm. entry. Okay. So Fuse Closure, Techno Butter 3X now. Oh, wow. Is and, it like three and, times large or t- there's three times more Techno Butter in there? Three times more buttery. Maybe like three it. times more Techno. I like it. Don't know. You don't know. So three... Techno butters on the 3X version. That's in the arms and the shoulders. The body of the suit just has regular techno butter. No, no 3X techno butter, but it still has techno butter. Correct. Okay. 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 So fuse, techno butter, 3X, aqua alpha solvent free neoprene lamination. Boom. Aqua alpha solvent free neoprene lamination. What is aqua alpha? Alpha. Alpha. Okay, so it's aqua number one alpha. alpha male, like, or alpha person. Alpha In the female. realm of aqua, yeah, it's it is the, the alpha, and it's solvent-free neoprene lamination. Boom. Who knew they were even laminated? I didn't even, I didn't know they laminated wetsuits. Me neither. Plasma wrist and ankle seals, crypto knee pads, <sighs> and all of the S's are with Z's. I don't know how you can beat this, to be honest. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare O'Neill the winner right now. Like, I didn't think they were going to be, I thought Techno Butter was the peak. I know. But there's a lot in there. I know. All the S's are with Z's? All the S's are with Z's. <sighs> I mean, let me hear the rest, but. Uh, yeah, we'll go through it just to be polite. Yeah. But I mean, I I would go a step further. Not only do they win this category, I think O'Neill's solvency as a brand is directly related to them dominating wetsuit nomenclature because do you see O'Neill clothes out and about? No, like, are they, I mean, they got Jordy Smith, but like, they're not really. Here's the problem. I do believe, I don't know if this problem has been solved or changed or fixed, uh, but O'Neill sold their licensing mm-hmm. to La Jolla group back in the day. I don't know. I don't think La Jolla group exists anymore, but I think the license for O'Neill clothing is different from O'Neill wetsuits. wetsuits yeah, I basically. think you're right. Uh, but they should bring it back, buy that thing back, and just put Techno Butter on a t-shirt Boom. or Techno Butter Butter 3X or whatever, right? Just start putting wetsuit words. I would fully buy one. Uh, whoever is responsible for this, again, is a creative genius, yep. which shockingly under a complete anonymity. Yeah. Like not a pseudonym. It's just anonymous. Doesn't sign their name. No. Just for the a poetry. paycheck. Yeah. Just for a paycheck. I mean, imagine sitting in the room and coming up with this. You got to, it's got to be the same person who's, I mean, cause it's on, it's not, it doesn't look like somebody's looking at the O'Neill brand Bible and then coming up with these new words. This has to be the same person who's worked on O'Neill branding for 20 years. Probably living in an apartment. Yep. You know, like barely making ends meet, but quietly the most prolific and influential person in the surf world. If anyone knows who this is, I know if they could please reach out on behalf of the grit podcast, I'd love to have an on-air conversation about like his process as a fellow writer. Yeah. Yeah. How how do you get to this place? And then have them write for beach. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, moving on to Quicksilver, uh, who's also in the news this week for other reasons. Sure are. But they've just, happy Thanksgiving. And they just introduced something called eco velvet. Mm. Oh, surprisingly good it is good. I, I had low expectations for quicksilver eco velvet okay and that dark red that they use kind of like that maroon is eco velvet i think it just 
It makes I, sense. It's it what does I because like velvet cake, yeah. red velvet cake, yep. like there's a connection there when I. Velvet saw, feels red, even though it, it does. is not necessarily red. And then Kanoa's got a lot of red in his, and so he's the spokesperson. Kanoa's also velvety. Boom, eco velvet. Yeah. Really good. So they have the warm flight eco velvet thermalining. Got it. Triple glued and blind stitched seams. Aqua glue water-based lamination. When did, when did aqua become such a big wetsuit word? Is this like... This year. Is this wetsuit becoming... Wetsuit copywriters becoming more global in their thinking? Maybe. Like, hmm, water, water. What else can water be called? Aqua. Aqua Spanish. This Let's might, do it. Or this might have to do with Jason Momoa's... Could Aquaman, be. Could be. you know, they're playing off that. So yep. maybe this is two years old. I don't know. I, we, again, we haven't done this in four years. Hard to say. Yeah. So aqua glue water-based lamination. They're also all using the word lamination, which they never used to do. Which part gets laminated? Are they laminating the arm? Because, you know, a lamination is a, correct me if I'm wrong, a layer over something, right? Or multiple layers, yeah. Glued, Stacked on top. Glued or bound in some yes. way. Yeah. And so are wetsuits actually multiple layers? I think that they're referring to the seams. Really? So remember, seams used to be stitched when we were kids. Sure. Then they added glue to the stitching. Yes. Then they started adding a flap of neoprene over that so, they glue on. So that's the lamination. I think that's the lamination. And also, I will say, uh, every wetsuit I've had over the last couple of years now has a liner. Yeah. Like where it used to just be you put your wetsuit on and then neoprene, neoprene on the outside was, it was just the reverse of that. Now they have a liner, right? right. Almost all wetsuits do. Yeah. So that would be, I guess, a laminate? No. Why not? It's two things getting stuck together with glue. Sure. That's yeah. laminated. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's what they're referring to. Great. So uh, aqua glued water-based lamination and highlight eco neoprene. Okay. I love uh, velvet. The rest, I'm flat. I agree. And triple glued and blind stitched seams. They left that on the table completely. Didn't even try. They did. No, they, that's what they're actually doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... Warm flight, equal velvet thermal lining. They came out strong with that and then, then just kind of found it in. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely not competing with O'Neill. Nope. Okay. I mean, their, their poet probably got fired, to be honest. That's, yep. Yeah, literally. Yeah. This past week. Yeah. Uh, apologies to all of those who lost their jobs. Yep. We'll get to you in a minute. Uh, Excel entering the chat. I like this. I want something specific here. Let's see if Excel delivers. Okay. They have the dry lock series with salient black in the core, ultra stretch infrared infrared to maximize performance, channel flex exterior, dry lock wrist seals, and fusion X seam top. Don't like it. That's not what I was looking for, David Lee Scales. It's all very like um X-Men. You know, like lots of X's, and I feel like it's very technical, but they don't actually explain what any of it is. I don't like it. Okay. XL is, if I'm understanding correctly, it's a Hawaiian wetsuit, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a Hawaii, or at least its origins are in Hawaii. You have as the Hawaiian, the one Hawaiian wetsuit maker, or the biggest Hawaiian wetsuit maker, have a giant cornucopia of words you can use from the islands, right? Mm. Like, I'd love to see like the Howley Pounder wetsuit or whatever, right? I mean, there's... There's stuff there that you can do that other people can't that is all yours. Go pluck from the rich Hawaiian vocabulary. Um, rich Hawaiian vocabulary, but with fewer letters. Yes. They only have 13 letters, but the X and the C aren't in the Hawaiian alphabet. No, like no. they shouldn't even, yeah, 
They need to rethink everything. Rethink your brand, XL. Totally. Yep. So dry lock series, salient black in the core. I don't even know what salient black is. Of course, that's kind of the point of this is we don't know what any of it is. Channel flex exterior. I know what techno butter is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel it. I don't feel anything here. Exactly. Yeah. Salient black in the core. Nope. Actually sounds like it could be cancer causing. Yeah. It you know what really I mean? Like does. it really sounds sketchy. It sounds like mes mesothelioma. Exactly. Those are the ads I get. And I think of that. I always think, I not always think, but I have thought this since I was young. El Pollo Loco, the crazy chicken. Yeah. I don't want a crazy chicken. No. What, has he got a tumor? Yeah, he You might. know what I mean? He might. Like, I don't want to eat your chicken yeah. that has gone mad. Yeah. How much, you know, it's an interesting point that you bring up because I like the times I've had El Pollo Loco, I've, like it's totally fine, right? There's nothing wrong with Pollo Loco. I'll eat Taco Bell 10 times out of 10 over Pollo Loco. So maybe it just purely comes down to the name. Mm -hmm. I'm unattracted to the name. That's exactly why O'Neill's still solvent. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, okay. Billabong has graphene. I really like graphene. It's pretty strong. Graphene is like, graphene almost feels like a real word. Uh, I think it's become a word. See, like Billabong didn't make graphene as I dug deeper. Graphene is a thing. A, a Nobel Prize winning warmth and performance technology. Beautiful. Love it. Love them using it though directly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's good. And making it. Branding it as their own almost. Yep, you know, ubiquitous like you now in the surf world. Exactly. So graphene is, uh, it's infused with 100% recycled fibers lining the entire interior of the suit. It also has Airlight 4D Tech Recycler. Our Airlight 4D stretch jersey is now made of 100% recycled fibers providing the next dimension of stretch and stability, sustainability. Superflex Neo taped internal seams. I'm liking it. Which equals no leaks. Aqua Alpha water based non toxic glue. So uh, that must be a thing. Too. Aqua Alpha must be its own brand. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Smart foam. I like smart foam. So smart foam is. Um, Where does the smart foam go? Smart foam is the interior, which is limestone based material. Uh, including a mix of 30% recycled car tires, recycled rubber, and recycled oyster shells. I'm into it. But do you want oyster shells on the interior? I love oysters so much that yes. The shell, too, though, is scratchy. It's okay. It's going to make me think about a nice mignonette out there, a good little horseradish and cocktail sauce. Oh, they should, make a, they should make a horseradish cocktail sauce flavored, or at least that you smell it. Under the hood. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Like Get it. a little whiff. Yeah. So the strong, so this is going to be the best contender with the number one spot that O'Neill owns. Yeah. So we're going to, I'm just going to recap the keywords. Graphene recycler. Yep. Airtight 4D recycler. Super flex neo taped internal seams, aqua alpha water-based and smartphone. The only thing I wish is that they were still sponsoring Sterling Spencer and it could be 12D. That they could, their Ooh. lock would take you into the 12th dimension. Ooh, that is a great point. Yeah. That's up for consideration. He is sponsored by Album Surfboards, which we are now sitting in. I should have mentioned that at the top of the show. It's a great fit. And does uh, Sterling have a... No. It's only a matter of time before Matt Parker makes a wetsuit. You know that's, that's coming. That's where he could go, he could go the 12D. I bet the reason why he hasn't yet is they haven't come up with any terminology that can... Housed. It's true. O'Neill. And the fired Quicksilver copywriter 
Yeah. He's, he's not a good fit. No. <laughs> not a good fit. Um, so that those terms versus O'Neill's, of course, fuse, closure, techno butter, 3X, aqua alpha solvent, free neoprene lamination, plasma risk, crypto knee pads, Z. I'm going to give, of course, I mean, O'Neill, it's with, you know, I'm going to give Billabong a surprise second. Yeah. They earned the second spot. Yeah. Graphene's strong. Graphene. But nothing compared to techno butter. It's not even in the same room. Graphene, I have confidence in. It feels very solid. Yeah. I can depend on it. Yep. Techno butter, I want to make love to. Yeah. It's really, really true. Boom. Techno butter for the win. I mean, techno butter is on, I would love, I would defy, I would challenge a wetsuit maker to try. I mean, they should do, they should have a big internal meeting and say, guys, Techno butter has dominated us, dominated us. We need to come up with something better. Start thinking, start thinking. Yep. Yeah. Nobody can beat it. No. They have had those meetings. Nobody can beat it. It's unbeatable. Unbeatable. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations to O'Neill. Congrats, O'Neill. And they're not a sponsor. None of these brands are sponsors. Nope. We just want to acknowledge the hardworking creative geniuses who for so many years before this podcast wallowed, you know, uh, toiled away in obscurity. And they're still toiling away under obscurity. At least now though, their beautiful words yeah. are have a platform. Exactly. Um, I did look at Rip Curl, Hurley, Need Essentials, Patagonia, Nothing. others. They're, they don't even attempt. They just give you the pragmatic yeah. explanation of what's what. Oh, Rip Curl had like E this and E that, yeah. but they just put an E at the beginning. So it, you know, it's like an iPhone. Boring. Yeah. yeah. But, but great wetsuits. Great wetsuits. Yeah. And technically, you can understand what they're saying on their website. I don't want to. Without, yeah, exactly. <laughs> without feeling good about it. Yeah. I need to feel what they're saying on the I website. Know, I know. Um, well, then, that leads us, as we alluded to, a holiday bloodletting. Thank you, Quicksilver and Billabong, I suppose, and all of Board Riders. What else? Yeah, they have Ruka, so they're in there. Uh, yeah. Bummer for the employee. Yeah. So, uh We'll start with apologies to those who were let go because yep. there probably are some listeners of this show that were let go. And what a horrific time. Um, the quick headline from Beach Grid is that Derek, I believe, wrote is uh, Thanksgiving comes early for Quicksilver, Ruka, and Billabong workers as CEO of the parent company announces mass sackings in lead up to uh, takeover. Losing talented employees is always difficult. Mm -hmm. That's what they had to say about that. Do you know anything about what's behind this or why? Well, so board riders, as people know, is on the block, uh, the whole company and rumors were hot and heavy early that it was authentic brands group that was going to buy authentic brands group owns the likeness to Elvis Presley. Oh, okay. Owns the likeness to Marilyn Monroe also owns Volcom owns a whole ton of brands, right? It, it's one it, of these, but very successful, like, you know, New York, Jamie Salter, CEO, multi-multi-millionaire, it's all whatever. But uh, that's what they do, right? They collect brands and then license what, you know, you know how that goes, I think. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, they were, I think, early rumors that they were the only buyer or the buyer. But then I've heard recent rumors that maybe there's other potential buyers and or maybe the brands are going to get split and sold independently. Got so... Authentic Brands was the most substantial that I had heard, but uh, whatever the case, this bloodletting, this holiday bloodletting is clearly preparing for either a sale to someone or a uh, sale of individual brands. This is not a 
like, okay, we're, we need to tighten, tighten the belt so we can run this thing. Correct. Right. I mean, it's the more whole, the end of the year is coming. Let's cut expenses. Let's cut expenses the sheet. and then sell like, yeah. uh, but the whole thing was built to sell. Right. I mean, the, uh, it was ec- bought to build to sell. Exactly. The That's private the equity reason why board writers the, did it. Yep. Yeah. The private equity group that bought it yeah. wasn't well, buying to build it into like a viable business. Right. That's not what they do. They build cut costs, streamline stuff, build profit back up to whatever it needs to be and then flip it. Yep. Sad times. So the, times. the question is last week with the story about Griffin Colapinto switching mm-hmm. to Quicksilver, there's a, talk about Quicksilver revamping the marketing department and reinvesting in it and kind of focusing on the original mission statement of the core. And that was part of the Griffin get. Yeah. Are those people still on? Who knows? Uh, They, they invested in it one month and then the next month scrapped it. I mean, no, I think that like, I'm sure that the core group of each of those brands is continuing to devise strategy, you know, like they still need to be a viable business for whoever buys them and nobody's going to look at them and say, okay, you've gutted everything. We just see logos and that's what we want. You know, I mean, I think they, the whole point is to buy the brand that the brand is working. And so I think, yeah, whatever Quicksilver's aim was they'll you know, I'm sure there's a lot less people in that room, but I'm sure they're continuing to drive forward on whatever they set out to do. Gotcha. If you could purchase one of those brands, let's say it all, they all fell they were all selling individually. Now, let's say Ruka was going for 50 grand. Uh, Quicksilver and Billabong were each going for 125. Would you go get a loan? Well, no, because I'm not in the business of doing, of running a club. They, really, they came to but you and said, hey, David Lee, we're going to give you I, like. I get what you're saying. So if I had to buy one. Yes. Billabong. Yeah. In terms of like, what was the most woven into and like a part of my surf world and experience and all that. I feel like Billabong is the one. Yeah. Ruka obviously came super late to the game and yep. I think they've done really cool stuff. Uh, Quicksilver. I had a lot of fondness for because of Kelly Slater, you know, but I just feel like Billabong was, I don't know, surfing. Yeah. I was a, I was a quick man up until uh, a few years ago. Now I'm a bong man. Are you? Yeah. What, what made you change? The wetsuit's really good. I have a Billabong wetsuit that is proper. Dude, I've had a number of Quicksilver wetsuits over the years. Yeah. Not proper. They're not very good. Not good. <laughs> that freaking Eco Velvet, maybe they, maybe that changed the game for them. I honestly think that's what it is, why I have a fondness for Billabong, is that I did, like you, have Quicksilver wetsuits that would last so short and were also yeah. not very good. <laughs> they were not, not even out of the box. Same. Good. Uh, my Billabong wetsuit, I'm on second season. It's, it feels like it's only starting to get good. Oh, like really? It's, yeah. It's like... <laughs> it's that graphene. It is. Gets the gra- better with That's age. what I'm saying. The graphene is warming my heart. And I like Billabong's team. And I like... Yeah, I like generally what Billabong's been doing. I think they're I think they're going a good direction. Um, I would love... I would agree. Like, I always loved Billabong's team. Yeah. That's such a big thing, or it used to be such a big thing. But I also liked Quick's team, like Kelly, Dane, Clay Marzo. There were so many great surfers on the that. Young team. Guns. The Young Guns. Julian. Quicksilver years were. Tom yeah. Carroll. Yeah. Good team. Yeah. Great team. Yeah. But it still didn't feel the same way I felt about the Billabong team. I mean, Billabong team always felt real. Quicksilver's team felt like best in class. But 
Too you, clean cut. Yeah, you don't want to go, like, if there was, I mean, which I did. When I was during my North Shore covering years, even though I was persona non grata, more or less, uh, that's where I would hang is the Billabong House more than any other. Like, Billabong House was a fun place where funny things happen. Get to see Aki, get wasted and sing karaoke. Yeah. Like, that wasn't happening in the Quick House. That's the that's the exact difference. Yeah. Um, who do you think of mainly when you think of Billabong as a team? I mean, Andy Irons, of course. Like, yeah. it's hard to, hard it's to interesting, shake. Yeah. Right? But I, but I'll also, I think they've done a good job. I think they've done a good job. Billabong has branding their guys as Billabong. Like, cause I do yes. think when I think of Billabong, I immediately think, I mean, Andy, of course, but then I do think Taj, uh, Parco, uh, I think of my favorite surfer in the world who I can never remember Ryan his name. Kellen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Ethan Ewing, Griffin Colapinto, even though. He's gone. He switched. But, but that's the, like with, with Quicksilver, look, who do you think of as a Quicksilver rider? Kelly. I think of Kelly who doesn't ride for Quicksilver. I think of Julian who doesn't ride for Quicksilver. I think of Dane, Dane who doesn't ride for Quicksilver. Like kind of, and then when I stop and pause, then I think, oh yeah, Kanoa and uh, Italian. Le- Leo's off. Oh, Leo's off? Yeah. Where'd Leo go? Bear, bear, sti- bear board, no sticker. Since when? Did Derek write that story? Uh, no, I don't think Derek did write that story. Uh, since Sakurama. Oh. Just like two weeks ago. Oh, sweet. Well, yeah. breaking news on Beach Grit. Yeah. Four weeks ago. Um, so what? as I think about it, and I guess this is probably obvious, we've probably touched on it over the years, but it's personality. Yeah. It's like Andy's personality was so distinct and uh, like just him, you know, like that that is what you remember. Yes. Whereas Kanoa's bland... Leo Fioravanti's bland. Like they don't have real. I mean, who else? like Jeremy Flores is my favorite Quicksilver surfer, probably. Yeah, he's got some spunk. But he feels even like a, he was tamped down by the sticker. Yeah, he should have been a Billabong. If he would have been a Billabong man, totally. Those fights on the beach would have been way better. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So okay, that's interesting. Well, uh, hopefully those employees are able to find gainful employment elsewhere. It's a. It's going into recession. So, but I still think it's a. Isn't it a job seekers market still? Is it? I think so. Aren't people like quiet quitting all the time? And I mean, couldn't you just like go bump somebody out of their office chair and get to work? I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea how these things work. I don't either. Um, grateful to have a podcast. <laughs> By the way, uh, support us for five bucks a month. It's a great time to mention it. Keep yeah. us independent. Thank you. Keep us independent. And win surfboards. We're giving away a fireball fish. Can't beat that. Cannot. Cannot beat that. Uh, it's going to be custom made for the winter too did, on December 1st. Did you talk to Dennis Jarvis about it already yet? No, dude. He's, he shined you? No, I mean, we've been in communication, okay. but he's, I mean, if you've never met him, he's a, he's a wily character. He's hard to pin down. Is he a fireball? He is a fireball. Yeah. He is a fireball. But he's opening an art gallery in Manhattan Beach. So mm. that is- Busy. He's very busy in addition to everything else that keeps him busy. But I'm like, dude, that's why we need to get this podcast out the door is so that we can promote your art gallery no that kidding. is going to be opened. Do you think that Dennis Jarvis runs into Eric Double Deuces Logan very yes. often? Yeah, uh, sure. Do you think Double Deuces knows who Dennis Jarvis is? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, he knows, maybe he knows what Spider Surfboards is. He's yeah. seen that logo around. Yeah. You know? But when Dennis Jarvis sees Double Deuces, does he say Eric or does he just let him be? Dennis is very um, inclusive. So he would just he's go. All, yeah, he's he loves everybody. And he even, would love to incorporate Eric into anything he does. Even Double D. Yeah. Okay. Double D. <laughs> um, 
let's have a conversation. Uh, not to make this too meta. Yeah. Often we have a, we do something and then that becomes a story. And then we refer back to the story and it's we get beach, five more stories it's out the of beach it. Grit way. And then people call in and we, that becomes another yep. thing. And then there's 10 more call-ins yep. and it's just, we can live in our own ecosystem. It's great. Right? I did an interview with uh, CJ Nelson posted an Instagram or a couple of Instagrams about him. Uh, things that he was talking about in the podcast. One of them was about localism, mm -hmm. not localism specifically, but the rites of passage that we used to go through versus what people go through now. I'm going to play that clip for you now. The comment section's been on fire, and so I want to kind of... Uh, address it. Address it here. There's no nobility in it. There's no Big Wednesday in it. You know what I mean? It's a fucking Barbie doll, pop culture, dumbest, most ridiculous crap you can dream up. When you started surfing back then, you were told, you know, you knew about the investment it was going to be. And it was fucking a lifelong drag out, sock em up journey. And there was no two ways about it. You were nothing. In order to be something, you were going to have to pay your, with everything you have. And so we were all comfortable standing in that line. That's what we signed up for. Like to be the old man out at Sewer Peak with the hood that got nothing that gets nothing but set waves and only on the best swells. To be him is what the, I aspired to be when I was twelve. That was my investment. I'm gonna be that, which to me is like Disneyland, mm -hmm. right? So we've all been standing in line for thirty years to get into Disneyland, and two million people just got to cut in front of us. Just bought a ticket. And now we have to have lunch with them. What are people saying in the comments? What is, what is the general tone, if you had to sum it up? Are there, is it 50-50? Uh, it is 50-50, but the kind of dichotomy is uh, old man shouting about the olden days. Yep. Like, this is not new. I'm sure you could kind of point at COVID and certain things that are more amplified than they were before, like bringing in vows. But... You're just an old man complaining that things aren't the way that they were. And then you have tons of people, uh, notable people in the surf biz saying absolutely profoundly stated, thank you for saying it. Nick Carroll chimed in and said, I don't believe that CJ, there is no line cutting. I don't feel dispossessed of 50 years of surfing just because a lot of people have decided to try it. Um, People are making fun of him because he's wearing a soft top t-shirt. He has a soft top brand called yeah. Crime. Yeah. And so, and he's wearing Crime on his t-shirt. So they're like, uh, the surfboard broker said, I agree, but it's a pretty funny statement coming from a guy wearing a soft top t-shirt, mm -hmm. which is arguably driving hordes of newbies. Yeah. Even though I'm sure CJ would argue the crime boards are for, not, not for beginners. Yeah. You know, um, as Surfad stated in one of his articles on your website yes. uh, about surfboard pricing, he was saying he got a crime board that it's like a twin yep. keel. That, Fun. Yeah, yeah, really good. So anyways, what are your thoughts on all of this? I mean, I just think it's, I think he's totally right. And also, what are you going to do about it, right? Like, yes, the the olden days of which he speaks don't exist anymore, right? right. As much. I mean, I think they, it probably depends on where you're surfing a bit. I mean, he longboards, doesn't he? Yeah. So like, where, do you know where he longboards? Uh, Oceanside. Yeah, so I'm sure a place like Oceanside, longboarding, it's accessible. Everything is visible basically from the road. Like there's no little secret corner that, right. you know, that's shallow or ledgy or difficult or whatever. It's all 
you know, open access. Right. And so it just, I mean, it is what it is. Do you feel the way that he feels? No, because I never aspired to be the crusty local with the hood out the back who only got the set waves. Like that wasn't my goal to be that guy. Right. Like I, in the lineup, I didn't have anybody that I wanted to be. Did you? I mean, besides there, of course, there was the guy who ripped and I wanted to rip, but I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. I just wanted to rip like that guy. Like, I agree. And so my lineup experience, I think I've coming down from Oregon. It's not like I just had a different experience. I I wasn't at a break that had this hierarchy that I, you know, could get in line for and eventually reach. That wasn't a possibility. So I surfed entirely alone in Oregon and then came down here and fiddled. Yeah. In, you know, various line in various lineup scenarios, but the problem I was just, I went on a surf trip this week, David Lee scales, like to South San Diego, I packed up the car and I went to Del Mar, exactly. and, but it was the first time surfing locally outside of my three, yeah. you know, blocked window that I normally surf. So I'm in a new lineup you know, relatively speaking for the first time in a long time. Uh, The amount of, and it was super fun. had a great time. Got some good waves. Uh, The amount of weird kook there was. So there was a guy on a blue pointy board. Again, I, I need to start getting kooks names so I could directly say them. And he was out the back. He would paddle out the back the entire time. Or every time after a wave, catch whatever wave, paddle out, catch a wave. You know, it was all fine and good. Like I wasn't like whatever, but he snaked this one guy a couple times uh, and he sucked at surfing. He sucked. And he snaked this guy and this guy, you know, given the classic bark out paddle up, paddle back, like, hey man, stop staying me the other guy. What are you going to do about it? Like, shut your mouth, you know, like I'm going to give you five more seconds to shut your mouth and whatever. Like it's so unsatisfying because they never, a good surf bark never reaches any kind of or rarely reaches not just a punch up but any kind of satisfaction right like it's just both people go back to their place long way of saying this friggin coot guy clearly felt that he was the one who got to dominate that lineup but he sucked at surfing like which is a problem i think even lineup dominators now kind of suck a lot of them do like Quality surfing yeah. has gone down overall, I would say. Yeah. Well, there's so many more people who think that they should be the dominator yeah. in the lineup because he's surfed there for three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I totally. think that qualifies him because, by the way, there are a bunch of people who haven't been there for three years. Yeah. But three years is nothing. Yeah. Um, I think CJ, I agree with you. Like, I didn't want to be that guy. So CJ is coming at it from a very unique space that I think a lot of people can point at him and like call him a hypocrite or whatever, you know, but the essence of what he's saying is really true. Sure. And you should, I think that there is right and wrong. And like, you should actually venerate what he's talking about completely. Like, uh, there's so much inherent virtue in that structure of things. You develop so much more character. You develop, um, it, it makes you like getting reprimanded when you're doing something wrong makes you a better person. It getting told that you're doing it wrong probably makes you a better surfer. You know, like all of those things that existed back then were for you to actually 
better yourself. Well, and, and, and better your surfing too. Like that's yes. the problem yes. is people think like nobody, I mean, again, long winded, but that's what I see out in lineups now is people sucking people properly sucking who shouldn't suck, who are old enough to figure out their body a bit and figure out how to draw like an appropriate line for the way they're trying to surf. Like this stinking, like he was probably 50. Oh my gosh. You know, bigger and trying to shred. Like he yeah. was trying to go hit the lip and stuff. And it was so awkward and ugly. Knock it off. Like there, I'm sure there's a line he could have drawn on that wave. But to me, you don't deserve the best waves. If you make them look ugly, right. if you're making waves look ugly, at least have a little bit of self-reflection. It's thinking, I suck. I might be having no. fun, but I look bad. The reason why that can't happen is there'd be a scenario where somebody films that guy with a, let's say, stink bug stance. Yeah. Uploads it. He's on kook of the day. Yeah. And now he's getting made fun of. He would then take that as an assault, you know, like how dare these people, like we need to cancel whoever up who shot that footage. How dare that? And it's like, no, they're uploading the footage because it's you too, suck. it's to correct you. You look like and this you is suck. for your own good. Yeah, look the at fact it. that you're victimized by this is the problem. Take a hard look. And so I think that's what kind of CJ's, the essence of CJ's argument is, is like the no, there's no nobility in it. When we used to value nobility, it was because we understood that if we just had a little bit of correction and a little bit of um, less hubris, let's say, then we can become self-reflective and a better version of ourselves. I mean, that's because our community is telling us. I think, I think that's what you like. It's the lack of self-reflection, which again, bleeds out into, you know, Chappelle getting in trouble again for his Saturday night, Saturday night live monologue. Oh yeah. I like, didn't even pay attention. Yeah. The stinking, you know, whatever ADL anti-defamation league was like, you're normalizing, you know, this kind of rhetoric or whatever. But to me it's, and not to get into that, but it just feels like society in general is both unable to take a joke is unable to take any kind of, criticism is unable to reflect upon self like which is right. th those three items in a in an old school lineup are great reflect upon yourself be able to take a lick or somebody's criticism of you figure out where you actually belong not where you think you belong right, right? Exactly. like that's the i mean it's the this height of americana of me me mine I'm going to get it because I want it. That's what the guy said, like the, forgot, coot guy at Del Mar, as he was paddling back out, the end of his bark was, I don't care if you get anyways. I'm going to get them all, right? right? All fine and good. If you ripped, that's great. You fucking suck. And everyone in the lineup should have dropped in on him in, at that moment because right. he sucked. He didn't, you, you don't deserve these ways. Have a moment of self-reflection about you sucking. So society is exactly what you said. And surfing was the one sanctuary that actually had a little bit of a hunter and gatherer mentality and respect for those types of things and those rules that existed. And, and, and the fact that there's surfers like that now who come into that sanctuary and bring all of society's horrible, you know, rules with them and apply them there. That's the problem. It's I mean, like, this was the one place where you could have actually enjoyed it and had some nobility and structure and been objective instead of being purely subjective. Exactly. You could look at the way you're surfing and say, yes, I might feel good doing this, but I actually do suck. Maybe I should go down the beach a little bit and try to iron out some of my kinks, right? right? right. Like instead of, nope, I'm here. This is my time. That's mine. Yeah. 
Well, there was one comment on here uh, that said, surfing was the sport of kings. Now it's the sport of clowns. Mm. And I think that that was pretty salient. Um, and this is why we point a lot of fun at the WSL and Eric Logan double deucing in a, <laughs> in a pocket ride, you know? <laughs> I mean, double D, double D, double E, double E, Elo, double D, Elo. I got, I got a, uh, oh yeah, continue. So, so it's like, the nobility of Dukanamoku, the sport of kings, right? And then bring that to Phil Edwards, finding trim, all the way up to Rob Machado, you know, like so many great surfers in the lineage who respected those kind of core tenets of riding a wave. No matter what type of craft they were on, there was kind of core tenets that existed, which was res respect for restraint, you know? That has gone so far out the window and not only along with the fundamentals of riding the wave itself, but the higher the social, social kind of construct that exists with doing all those things that was all in place to prop up finding trim and doing a proper bottom turn and all of that. And so the double deuces in a pocket ride in a wave pool is the antithesis of it, you know? Real embarrassing. Totally. But the, but the yeah. sport of clowns, which but, is like, how would, how could you ever put a price on giving up that sport of Kings thing yeah. to what it's become now? But there, I mean, and, but that's the thing though, is what, like, this is what I feel where the rubber meets the road is what is CJ doing in the lineup, right? Is he just burning mad? Is he going no. to get his waves? Is he, he was dropping right. it on coups? So that was a big part of the conversation was, yeah, he spent 15 or 20 years barking at people, cussing people out, getting in fights all the time, all that sort of stuff. But he got sober for the last decade and he's on a totally different path now. And part of that is making amends and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But no, he's not doing that anymore. I mean, that's the thing is you look like a kind of fool. I mean, exactly like, which I totally love the Malibu rock thrower, right? right? Like all this, but it's tough. I mean, like-minded surfers, that's the problem though. You're not supposed to chat in the lineup, but like, like mind minded surfers who are self aware and objective should recognize each other in the lineup and just kind of lock it down a bit. Yeah. Like, well, there was a great article. A lot of people messaged me about it. It was on stab premium came in from a listener or a, just a user. And I think Sam might've wrote the intro and he was like, we get tons of emails all the time. You submissions from, fans or whatever. Um, none of them ever make the cut. Yeah. This is the best thing I've read in a while. And so a bunch of people had been emailing me like, Hey, you got to read this. And I finally read it. And, uh, the author went by the pseudonym old toenail mm -hmm. and he doesn't reveal the beach. It's pretty obvious where he lives and surfs. It's in Southern California. Um, but he doesn't reveal what it actually is. And it's a story about kind of, it's famously localized zone and he talks about living in it now and surfing in it now and coming and he's in his fifties. So kind of coming up through when localism actually was in its full thing and now where people are literally going to jail yeah. for a year, you know, yeah. and it's like, and he gives a bunch of different examples and um, there was a couple of lines in there that I thought were just so perfectly stated. Let me see if I could just, I did write them down at some point. Um, the world is changing faster than a lot of the locals, the local surfers' abilities to adapt to it, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, 
these old crotchety guys who it was actually, it served a purpose to punch somebody in the face or to go through the list, like bark at them, tell them off, tell them to go in, punch fans out. Then if they continue to misbehave, then they get punched in the face. Then if it ends up on the beach, then they end up getting beaten up, you know, then they end up losing a tooth. Well, those guys who used to do that, the world changed on them really, really quickly Yeah. to where now not only you're not allowed to do that, but you end up in jail for five years if you yep. do that, you know, assault. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so he gives a bunch of different examples of it, but it was such a good read because you understood how these, how all these miscommunications happen so quickly. And he starts off by saying, you know, uh, I think the opening line of the thing was something to do with, did you know, Tesla's record everything always. I didn't either until the cop showed up at my door. Oh. Then he goes in and tells the whole story and he wraps up the story with, he was surfing a small day. This guy and his kid paddled out, burned him a bunch of times. And like he's found through kind of the whole message of the story, he found that fighting was not making him any happier or better or helping him get any more waves. So relinquishing all of that allowed him to just like, man, I can just enjoy the water. I can enjoy the sun. I can enjoy surfing if I'm not getting in fights all the time. Well, now this guy is testing him in the lineup and burns him twice. Not only that, he gets out without fighting the guy, goes back to his car, his van, and the guy's Tesla is parked so close that he can't even open the gate, oh. the back of his van without scratching the guy's car or to put a surfboard in or even walk in between to put a surfboard in. So what does he do? He gets on the hood of the Tesla opens his back gate, loads his car up, gets changed, all that kind of stuff, and then load closes it and bails. Well, then the cops show up at his house because the Tesla recorded him standing on the hood and the guy's livid because he stood on the hood of his car. But the local old toenails like, dude, five or 10 years ago, I would have punched you out in the lineup. Yeah. I would have broke your windows. Yeah. I would have slashed your tires. Yeah. Now I'm at the point where I am sucking it up over and over and over and over again. And you still send the cops to my house. I mean, I went out of my way to not do anything to you. But again, embedded in all of this is this is a sport where you play by the rules. And this is a beach that I've been playing by the rules at for 40 years. You just showed up today. I've never seen you before, and you're demanding I play by different rules. I mean, it's the organization, the cop calling, the all of this stuff is a major, 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 like the lack of self-reflection, and then you did something to me, I'm going to get you in trouble. Right. Is come on, just stop calling the cops, people. Well, well again... Let's keep in mind, this was the one bastion, the one sanctuary that we had left where we didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. And you in the Tesla showing up and bringing all of that with you, you were spoiling. This is this is great to know that Tesla's record everything. I'm glad that I know this now. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Oh, I might've gotten in big trouble. I mean, I have a feeling it has to be motion censored. Like it wouldn't just be recording. Maybe, who knows? It's like yeah. a giant computer. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it yeah. is. Um, well, there's a number of stories about surfboard pricing this week in the news that I feel like we should touch on. Definitely. Um, controversial surfboard manufacturer Firewire announces a once in a lifetime American sale, kicking domestic shapers square in the guts ahead of the holiday season. Ouch. This was your headline on yeah. Beach Grit. I mentioned that Surf Ads uh, also wrote a story on Beach Grit talking about how a thousand bucks used to be rarefied air for a surfboard. I mean, maybe there was a McTavish or a Skip yeah. Fry or something. Now, no, that's, that's now that's just regular. standard pricing, right? Par. 
Um, we'll start with those two. I've got another story I could tell you afterwards, but what, what's the story here? I mean, Firewire uh, announced, so clearly the boom time for surfing the last, how many years ago? Through COVID? Three yeah. years? Four years? Two years, let's say. Two years, like manufacturing, you know, everybody buying a surfboard. Worked well with COVID. Boom. Huge boom in participation. Slows down like things do. Uh, so Firewire, I'm assuming, kept production at too high a level and then realized because you don't want to put your things on sale, right? It's like not a, that's not a surf industry or definitely not a surfboard uh, strategy. And so too many boards, let's sell them. Let's put them on sale, 20 to 30%, boom. Uh, problem, I think, is that Firewire manufactured in Thailand. There's a whole bunch of stuff they don't have to do, right? Uh, and people in the comments of the Beach Grits were like, yeah, but they do. They have like state-of-the-art standards and, you know, and I have no doubt that the Cobra factory where these are made, uh, you know, they really do a good job with whatever. But none of that is, it's one thing to do it kind of voluntarily because then you can also, places you can cut a corner here or there, whatever. You know, domestic board builders are forced to, have really high labor costs, uh, you know, I mean, ventilation, ventilation. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, it's a real art, right? And so the difference, I suppose. So anyway, firewire having advantages, which is all fine, you know, capitalism, but having distinct advantages, uh, and then to begin with, and then going on sale seems like an unnecessarily low, it seems really rude. Again, it's a, kick square to the guts. It seems like it's rude to domestic manufacturers. And I will blame Kelly Slater for this specifically on 70% of Firewire. Uh, like Kelly came up right under, I feel the same way about Kelly leaving Quicksilver when they were down. Kelly Slater likes to benefit from things and then kick it in the guts once he's gone. Like, yeah. which it seems pretty rude that Firewire wouldn't at least have, okay, we're going to have to take one on the chin here because we overproduce, but we are not going to pass our mistake on to domestic builders. Um, especially at a time where the industry, the board building industry is re experiencing slumping. a recession. Yeah. Yes. It's experiencing a slump. So not only are we feeling the slump and like, man, maybe we expanded our business in the last two years. Now we have higher expenses. Now we're feeling a slump. It's really feeling like a pinch. Then the, other Firework. boards are coming in and discounting to, and, to and, cut into our And sales. especially right ahead of holidays. Like I'm sure that, you know, maybe if you're a domestic board builder, you think, okay, it's tight, but you know, let's hope there's some boards under Christmas trees this year. Yeah. And then uh, from what I heard, uh, surf shops are incentivized to sell those firewires because they're not taking the uh, 20 to 30% discount. Uh, Firewire is giving them a, uh, basically right. a rebate. Right. So, they're incentivized to push. Like it seems, it just seems unnecessarily rude. Well, the other thing that has come up uh, in a lot of the conversations with interviewing surfboard shapers over the years is that Firewire also makes the boards available on consignment. Yeah. So they, you know, they say, how many uh, racks do you have? There's a space for a hundred boards. Normally the surf shop would have to pay for those boards within 30 days yeah. with the individual surf uh, like, hey, surfboard shapers. Sell. Yeah, instead Firewire comes, they're like, dude, we'll take 50 of those spots for you and you don't even have to pay the invoice yeah. until you sell the. And then once you sell it, then it's due in 30 days. So yeah. we'll fill your racks without you having to spend any money, essentially. Ouch. So surfboard shapers have been complaining about that for a long time, about that business practice. But I mean, honestly, this kind of relates to what we're talking about with this was our sanctuary and you are bringing these rules and spoiling the lineup. 
I think that's how board builders feel. Um, and you and I were sent this sale story from board builders saying, man, this really sucks for us, you know? But I've heard from and, multiple since then too, that it, it's like, it sucks for all of them. Yes. Yeah. And so that's my point is like the sanctuary analogy is board builders, domestic board builders, sure they're competitors technically on the shelf, but they're all part of this kind of sanctuary and these rules that exist, this rites of passage that you have to go through. And they're operating under similar business practices with similar, similar constraints, yeah, similar costs, all that sort of stuff. Nobody's right? doing like... Pizel or Biolas or Merrick or whatever. Nobody's doing like a knockoff cheap version of a board to undercut everybody else's price or, or nobody's doing doorbuster things, Correct. right? Like you, one time only get this, exactly. you know, whatever CI mid for $250 with, no. you know, purchase of X, Y, Z. There's, yeah. there's again, rites of passage and rules that we're all kind of agreeing to, yeah. you know, because by the way, we all love this thing and we all want to continue to exist doing this thing. And I think nobody's, it's not, yeah, it's not cutthroat in that, Paisel doesn't want to see Biolas go out of business. Like Correct. he's not like, turns I'm out gonna, they're friends. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to cut your throat and take all your exactly. market. So I think that's how those domestic board builders feel, feel about but the what wire business model. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe some of us did, um, offshore manufacturing for a certain segment for a while. And there's kind of benefits to that, but kind of doing the entire full fledged thing, having Kelly co sign it and then taking, not only bringing them back into the market, but then taking shelf space. We're kind of going to look the other way with that, but then doing sales during the hall. It really feels uh, like so it's like one thing after another and to call them all eco, right. To really lean into eco when these things are being flown or shipped in like the packaging and shipping costs alone for that thing guarantee totally negates any bit of its econess. Yeah. It does feel like as you stated a square kick in the guts ahead of the holiday season. Well, I mean what and what do that's the problem I suppose what do domestic board builders do? They they can grumble about it. I mean I suppose Beach Grit can be a cudgel. That's pretty good. Like I mean or the podcast. I think people shouldn't buy Firewire for this. Like even if you like it, pause your Firewire purchase and go buy go buy a domestic shaper. I think so I think that um, in a capitalist market, like things work themselves out, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, listeners of this show, they have opinions on why they buy things and what they want to buy. And if getting the board at a 30% discount is meaningful to them and they like that board, then I guess they'll probably do it, you know? And But but even, even I think, making a listener or reader aware yes. that this is what it is, right? Because then you can think about it. Then it's not just like, oh, this is sick and this is, you know, Kelly owns this company basically and- this is the board I like and great. It's on sale now. And if you feel that after knowing stuff, I'm not judging anyone. I just would prefer, I don't like the way Firewire surf anyways. Do you I um, really dislike the way they surf? Well, I don't love EPS yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Like I just prefer poly Yeah. anyways. So, um, th so kind of on the other side of this conversation, I interviewed, there's a dude in New York, Rockaway, named Paul Schmidt. His mm -hmm. Instagram is Paul surf. Have you seen him? I don't think so. Okay. Um, he's gone the opposite end, high end charges. His prices are three short board, mid length and long board. And they're 5,000 bucks, 6,000 bucks, 7,000 bucks. What's he only, doing? Only customs. What's he doing? Making you a custom board. Doesn't what? matter. Like sometimes it's a 30 hour build, you know, and like he'll engineer, uh, like it's, are they good boards? 
I've never ridden one. I mean, I've seen them. They're great looking boards. You yeah. know, it looks like he totally is adequate and knows what he's doing and all that sort of stuff. Um, and he has a fan base and he sells them and all that sort of stuff. But he comes from an art background yep. and a design background and he's in New York. And so I think he's, I, uh, again, the market will decide, you know, if he's able to sell as many as he needs to sell, then great. He should absolutely do sure. it. But it's interesting to see somebody experimenting at that end of the spectrum. Yes. Um, and I'm sure there's, Interestingly, the board building industry is reticent to raising their prices yeah. more than the consumer is reticent to pay the pricing, yeah. I think. And we've seen, like, we're in album surfboards right now. Album's done a good job of pushing the price up, but it's still, you know, um, it's not double what another surfboard is. It's you know, 40% more maybe than another surfboard. What What is the average uh, retail price of a shortboard? Like a pointy thruster, I would say 700 bucks. Okay. Is yeah. the average price. Yeah. So, you know, and maybe an album, you can get an album for 750, 800, or you yeah. can get a really fancy one with all the color work for a thousand. Yeah. Let's say. So, Paul selling them for 5,000. Yeah. Because it's bespoke and it's handmade and all that sort of stuff. So, the question then is like, I mean, album is making phenomenal surfboards at a thousand bucks. So you don't need the question. Isn't, is it five times better? No, it's just what you're willing to pay or, and what's, or why what's you the want experience it. that yeah. you want. What's the story behind it? You yeah. know what I mean? Because I'm into wine yeah. and it's like, I know the hundred dollar wine isn't 10 times better than the $10. You know, the hundred dollar Napa cab is not 10 times better than the $10 Argentine Malbec. Yeah. Those are similar styles of wine. You kind of pair them with the same thing. Yeah. There's phenomenal $10 Malbecs out there that, but I still spend a hundred bucks every like once in a on the Napa cab because there's pedigree and there's a story and there's all these other things that go with it. And money isn't the end all yes. important thing. You know what I mean? So I just want a different experience. So I can justify it with certain things. There's other things I totally can't justify, <laughs> but I feel like guys like Paul, Donald Brink, you know, whoever it is, they're making boards by themselves. So from start to finish by one set of hands and they go, Hey, I'm only going to make a hundred. I'm only able to make a hundred boards a year so I can have time to spend with my family and I can still go surfing. So a hundred boards is all I can do with these two hands. What's the price point for me need? to live? Yeah. What yeah. do I need to live on? You yeah. know what I mean? And if it is 5,000 bucks, because rent's expensive in New York or whatever it is, like that is what it is. And so will you sell a hundred boards that year? And if you are, if you can, great. great. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with money isn't the end all and be all of everything, uh, which is why Firewire is being lame, right? Because they're making a money thing. I think, you know, like they're making a price calculation, which I suppose everybody is at some level. But they are, they got into it for as a business. Yeah. The business is what it is. And making money. And the the business needs to make money. And yeah. there's investors and those investors need to see a return on that investment. Yeah. Well, so it's a totally different thing. Yeah. You know? I just, I suppose, yeah. Like it's up to each surfer to choose. I just would, I and I suppose that's what I will use my platform for is educating surfers on, hey, if you're in the market for a board, just FYI, this is what Fire, Firewire is not the, uh, is a, is a little bit shifty. If, if that matters to you, if it doesn't matter to you, have it. Not even shifty. I mean, a little bit. It's, it's pretty transparent. 
But except I think though, don't they import their uh, boards as pool toys so they don't have to pay import tax? Like there's things, I yes. mean, they are getting through every loophole they can, right? Which is fine. Good if business. That's, if that's, sure, great business. But what's the difference between shifty and good business, right? It's- Great question. Yeah. Like, so to me, that's shifty, right? Yeah. They're, they're not being, they're not going off um, off what they should do. They're going off what they can do. Yeah. Uh, well, what, who, what's should if you're in business? I mean, I, I just think you shouldn't uh, discount your boards when you already have distinct advantages in a down market, knowing that your fellow board makers are going to suffer because of this. But clearly they've all but stated. They don't care. That's yeah. They don't care. They're in business. Yeah. Make money. But I don't, so it doesn't matter what the competitors doing or what they aren't doing. Yeah. I don't like that. I like my, I like my cottage industry. I do too. Trust me. Yeah. 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 But Firewire. <laughs> yeah. Don't like it. Um, what else was I going to tell you? Oh, I, I mean, it probably doesn't even matter. I was just thinking about wine, the wine analogy. Yeah. Um, uh, Lauren's stepmom almost exclusively drinks Ron Bauer Chardonnay. Ron Bauer. Ron Bauer. R-O-M. Okay. It's a Napa Valley Chardonnay. Okay. Cougar juice. Cougar juice is yeah. what, you know. Ron Bauer. Yeah. It's like an elevated Kendall Jackson. Yep. Same style, but it, elevated. Like buttery, oaky Chardonnay. Stella Rossi? I don't know. Have you ever it's, had a Stella Rossi? No. There's the billboards everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen the billboards. I've yeah. never had it. Yeah. It's like sweet I think rose, it's just like right? dessert stuff, yeah. 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 Ron Chardonnay. It's... Um, Exclusively. It, that's all she drinks. Yeah. And it's buttery, oaky California Chardonnay. Yeah. And so um, it's so stylized that and it's available in every grocery store across America, almost all the restaurants, all that sort of stuff. So it's regardless of year or vintage or weather in that given year, tastes it the tastes same. the same every single time. Yeah. You know, it just is, it's the Coca-Cola yeah. of the wine world. And, uh, but she's really into wine, yeah. you know, and she likes this thing and it's not cheap. It's like 38 bucks or something, you know? And, but I'm, and I'm like, so I've like, for the first year, I've made it my mission to like really get her off something else or just try, let's yeah. expand the horizons a little bit. Yeah. I'm glad it's good to know what you like. Yeah. That's half the battle, but let's also try these other things because, uh, there's more character and there's, yeah. there's more flavor and it's more and it's dimension different. and it's different and more texture. and blah, blah, blah. So I bring in Kistler Chardonnay, yeah. you know, which is like hundred dollar Napa Valley yeah. Chardonnay or Sonoma Chardonnay. And it's phenomenal. And they would just snub their nose at it. Just, just like, like and I wouldn't like tell them what the price is. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. tell them the provenance, any of that. I would just like pour a glass, like, Hey, we brought this. You should try this. Just like no interest. And then I'd bring a phenomenal 30, like this will be less than they could save money if they drink this, but it's better than, and just don't even, not even interested. Did you, did you wander over to France or anything or did you just yeah, stick yeah, yeah. in? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've tried it all. And nothing. But not even interested. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like they know what they like. It is what it is. And they're just going to stick to it. And, and I've learned that perfect. Yeah. That's great. Enjoy it. We'll drink this other stuff over here. Cause we have an interest in, we're doing it for totally different reasons. Yes. I guess is what it comes down to. They, it's part of an intellectual experience for us. We're trying to pair it appropriately, all that. The thing is, what if you, like for people who are stuck in a thing, what if there's something out there that you like better? You just don't have no idea. You don't know that it exists. Inevitably there is. Of course there oh, is. Sure. I mean, that's the whole point of going and trying new things, right? right. Is experiencing different things and especially with food and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, who yeah. knows what you don't like or who knows what you do like, but they don't put 
maybe they don't put a high value on food. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, uh, I forget who it was. Maybe it was like Steve Jobs or something. Like the reason why I wore that black turtleneck was one less thing to worry about every day. If I just have a uniform, I don't have to think about I can devote my brain power towards all these other things. I'm not devoting any of my brain power towards deciding what to wear. And so while I choose that to be a stickler about or to invest my kind of interest in, and same with surfboards. Yeah. Like I want to ride a board from somebody who made it by their hand, somebody who I know, first of all, yeah. who made it by their hands, who has a philosophy, who has a whole backstory and like is making it for me because yeah. they know me. That's what I want. But yeah. other people don't want that. No, you know? I don't care. Yeah. So get your pop outs. Yeah. All right. Well, covered it. Slater signs. Yep. Uh, well, let's go to commercial break and then uh, come back with Barrel and Aw. Sound let's good? do it. All right, Chaz. Uh, guess what? We do have Bubba Coos, but new website to direct people to. Where? Not just BubbaCoos.com slash surf, what they can u- still use. Please go there. But going into the holidays, BubsCatering.com. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. What's there? Okay. Bubscatering.com. Is it a slash surf or no? Nope. Just bubscatering.com. Now tell me this. What is Bub's catering radius? We live in Southern California here. Do you know how far, or do you go into Bub's catering and put in your zip code and then they'll tell you? Great question. I don't know the radius okay. of deliver, de- deliverability. Um, but we have been talking about Bub, Bubba Coos for, I don't know, a fair bit now, yeah. maybe eight months, nine months. Yeah. And, uh, presumably, like I said, when I went to see the locations eight or nine months ago, there was fewer than there are now. So I have a feeling we've been telling people get rich off burritos. Some of our listeners are probably trying to get rich off burritos now opening franchises. We want to make sure that they get rich off catering too. I mean, imagine what a perfect thing for the holidays. You That's the thing. Holidays. Everybody's got one or two maybe good holiday meals in them in terms of making, right? I'm going to say one. Yeah. Like really going all in on either Christmas or Thanksgiving, you got no more time than that, right? Anybody who's able to put multiple nice holiday meals together, doing something wrong with your life. Uh, barbecues. Exactly. Well, so reserve, nobody's got, uh, reserve Thanksgiving for a Thanksgiving meal, reserve for Christmas for a Christmas meal. But throughout this next month or two, you're going to have other get togethers where yep. the family's all together. Maybe it's a last minute thing. And you can't whip together that giant meal. So that's where you rely on catering. Because the only thing better than eating is not cooking what you had to eat. That's true. And also, I will say from experience, if I showed up at a house that had a barbecue spread, I would be over the moon. Totally. I would be straight overjoyed. Greatest house ever. I mean, I would not leave that house. Well, they're running a promo through January, throughout January even. So offering 10% off catering. You get 10% off catering? Winter 10 is the code. Use it, people. Winter and the number one zero. Use it at bubscatering.com. Nothing's better. I know. Go get it. And then, of course, athleticgreens.com slash surf. We neglected to really hit it hard last week, but it is worth hitting hard because it provides everything you need. Guess what happened in my house during the past three weeks, David Lee Scales? You ran out? No. Oh, okay, good. Everybody's sick. Like, the disease took hold. I I don't know when it started. It's been going and going and going and going. Guess who's not sick? The one person fortified. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. The every one morning. person who built foundational nutrition for better health. Every morning I wake up and hear that coughing. I listen while I'm stirring, while I'm shaking it in. Yep. Boom. Drink it. Don't even think about it. Yep. 
the other day. Sister's wife staying with us. How have you not gotten sick? <laughs> Athleticgreens.com slash serve. Boom. Get your own. Well, 60-day money-back guarantee. You can't go wrong. No. Go to athleticgreens.com slash serve. Fill the nutritional gaps. Promote gut health. Whole body vitality with AG1. The promote gut health thing. That's another thing. I'm 40 years old, 41 years old. All the people around me, I notice having problems with their stomach. Like they're sensitive to things now. Yeah. They can't leave the house. They got to start or, or wake up or like whatever it is. And I'm like, I'm strong like bull. Yep. You know why? Gut health. Athleticgreens.com slash serve. Boom. Do it. So done. I mean, it's, it's frankly, it's idiotic not to. I know. And anybody who's been on board can attest because we've not gotten one bit of negative feedback about I athletic. I still greens. defy people. I, know. I dare you to call in and I tell me too. you're sickly because of it. All right. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. 
You got this. Adidas. All right, Chaz, we're back for Barrel or Nah. Great. Exciting. Um, I've got two from listeners, and then I've got one of my own. But before I do, a buddy emailed, and he was like, my wife's been listening to the show a bit over my shoulder when I have it on, and she she realized something. Hmm. She said, so basically, everything is barrel if you surf good. <laughs> I mean, that's true. And he's like, yep. That's yep, true. That's exactly, that sums it all up. Yes. It's really true. Totally true. I mean, that was white wetsuits, anything button down shirt in the lineup, being a jerk in the lineup, being nice in the lineup, front traction, anything GoPro facing at you. Doesn't matter if you're Nathan Florence, it's fine. Take it. Yeah. Rip Mason. Ho, you can do whatever you want. Exactly. Yep. Which is interesting, right? Yeah, it's, but it's and, true. Well, I think we're consistent. I, it's just a truism in life. It has nothing to do with us, but yes, we are, but it is a truism. And I was thinking about it beyond surfing is there's a couple of things in life that, if you can dance. Yeah. Literally. Michael Jackson is an alleged pedophile, but he could dance. And he could, he almost still, he's still on the fence of I people know. being mad. He I is know. like, he had tons of people are like, children, I don't believe it. Yeah. Children sleeping Ignore in his the bed. Child. Ignore the child. Yeah. I Have you seen that guy dance? Yeah. His moonwalk. That's really, that's a great point. Michael Jackson specifically too, because he danced really good. Chris Brown. Yeah. Punched Rihanna, his yep. girlfriend at the time, in the face. Driving to an awards show or something. This wasn't allegedly. No. This is fact. Yeah. And has other domestic abuse in his record as well. He can dance. That kid, if you bring up Chris Brown, nobody, me mentioning the Rihanna punch right now is news to a lot of people. Yeah. They're right. like, what? He yeah. punched? Whereas but other. Then, but like they'll absorb that news quickly. They'll say, oh, that's that sucks. But man dance exactly yeah. from now on when they think of chris brown they don't think of the punch they think about god that kid can dance yeah yeah so there's certain things that if you rip you, <laughs> it's all evil <laughs> you yeah. could get away with anything it is really true surfing is one of those things it's amazing chris ward yeah it's true i mean look at chris davidson speaking of you read yeah. that on beach Grid? yes he's a straight up was a kitty fiddler i mean got busted well what is the actual story there was that a, it, kitty it, i mean 15 how old was he 40 or oh, however really? old he is now. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. A full on nasty man. I was really happy. Derek. I well, I didn't read the article. I, I mean, I was really happy. Derek I didn't want to read the article, I guess is what it came. Of course. To. But I, I was, was like, was he 18? The girl was 17. And no, like, no. is this a technicality? Like 40, whatever. And 15. Oh, no. But, uh, the <sighs> part, I really was happy that Derek wrote that story because I'm all about, you know, celebrating if yeah, celebrating, but uh, that also, one right there, like also call it out and be honest, like, come on, we're not going to forget like, Oh man. Yeah. Dirty, dirty. Chris Davidson. There's nothing worse, dude. Nope. Nope. Nothing worse. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Well, he couldn't dance. Yeah. Couldn't dance. Report, apparently didn't, didn't surf well enough either. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Um, so there are, those are the things that I think I really want to invest in, in the next phase of my life. Yep. Dancing and shredding. Yeah. So then I could just kind of, Get away with get away with mediocre behavior. I'm yep. not going to do anything bad, but I just I probably will have some shortcomings. I yep. just want people to overlook them. Yeah, but yep. now you can. Yeah, everybody everybody will just you ripping your dancing barrel done barrel. All right, barrel or not number one. 
to my favorite podcast place. I listen to a lot of your shows and I support by being a paying member. So barrel or not, I see guys that drive around with their wetsuits hanging on their rear view mirrors. I think he meant side view mirrors. Uh, seems like they're kooks. They want people to know that they're surfers thinking that makes them cool. I'm 55. I grew up surfing in Southern California. My friends and I have always practiced modesty when it came to being surfers, because if you really are cool, you don't need to let people know that you're cool. Uh, can you let me know if I'm just being old and grumpy and I shouldn't, and that it shouldn't bug me. Thanks for the great entertainment. We've done this one before. You could go find did we, it. Really? We sure did. Look and at you, dude. I gave it barrel at the time and I give it barrel again. Oh, really? I think it is both functional, actually, like having a nice air dried. You gave it no barrel, if I recall last time around. Uh, I believe the argument I made that it's both functional and I like flying the surf flag just a little bit every now and again, right? I mean, if I saw, for example, to his point, if I saw a brand new Patagonia wetsuit, over the uh, side mirror of a Tesla. I would think that's lame because that person is lame, right? But when I see one over a van, not a Sprinter van either, but like, so depending on your car, I suppose, I'll caveat this barrel, but if you have like a normal everyday person's car, you know, a surf car, and you have your wetsuit over, good on you. Getting it air dried, perfect. Uh. Does distance matter? Distance from the beach. Yeah, like if you're yes. driving home and you live in the same oh. neighborhood and it's less than a mile, I can almost give that a pass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. on a freeway. No, no, but have you ever seen one on a freeway? No. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen them very near the beach. And again, I'm going to give it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest this listener, thank you for your donation. So I'm going to give you extra advice. Give it a try. I've never done it myself either, but let's all give it a try and see how it feels. I understand like those old Dodge vans that have sure. a mirror that's like big, a big U basically yeah. like the top locks into the car and then it comes out and the mirrors yeah. on the sidebar, the vertical bar, and then it comes back in. That's like a hanging. That's basically a hanger. It is a hanger. Yeah. Taking care of business while you're driving. So that makes sense. And I've seen it in the parking lot like that, but driving it home, I feel like. Rarely do I see the drive home. I mean, I, I rarely do, see it. I and, do and, see it, but, but usually I see it parked further if you're not driving on the freeway and you do live close to the beach, the distance that you're going isn't enough to actually dry it all out anyways. So it's a negligible amount of drying that you're going to get from doing this thing. It's mostly performative. Except don't you think you're going to leave it on there at home until it can completely dries? Okay. Maybe if in that one case, then I'm giving that that's fine. That's what I'm saying though. I think it's, I think okay. it is a lot more functional than it is performative. Okay. I'm going to give it the benefit of the functional doubt. See, I think we jumped the shark. I think it started out being functional and those and then it becomes, five percenters yeah. did that and 95% are doing it performatively. But I'm also going to say it really depends on the make and model of your car. Agreed. Your, I agree with that yeah. completely. Uh, I'll tell you what I do. Throw it in a plastic bin in the back of my car, take it home, hang it up, dries every time there. Tell no you what problem. I do. Guess no what I do. No problem at all. I stay in it till I get home. Peel it down, stay in it. If you live that close to the beach, that That's must be. Everybody should move Speaking a of little pampering. closer. <laughs> Speaking of being <laughs> luxury conversation from earlier. All right, this one relates, uh, you should have expertise on. Comes from a listener, Barrel or Not, audiobooks. Ooh. I've never really been a book person. I read a few when I was younger, but it really wasn't my thing. Regardless, 
Uh, I do know that there are great stories being told, adventures described, lessons being taught, and I'm probably missing out. A few years back, I started getting into podcasts, which is my main source of information these days. And then I thought maybe I should give uh, into audiobooks and see how that goes. I understand the romantic thing about owning, carrying, reading, keeping, and even lending a good book. But that's just not me. This summer, I finally gave it a go and obviously had to start with Blessed Are the Bank Robbers by our one and only Chaz Smith and found myself often thinking, how would anyone else actually read this book instead of having it read to me in the great voice of the author? And I think uh, that might even stand for any book out there. So Barrow and Not audiobooks. I'm a big barrel on audiobooks, to be honest. I don't listen very often, but I have. I've listened to a couple good ones on long trips. Uh... And podcasts are good for road trips, but podcasts can send you skitzy after a while. Like yeah. having so much like one hour or two hour bits uh, where getting into a good audiobook on a long drive is pure joy. Like, oh, what what did I listen to? It's one about stinking Nazi Germany or something. It was like a huge one about uh, whatever, American diplomat and... 1942 Berlin or something, but it was so like every time I stopped for gas, get, hurry up and get gas and hurry right. up and get back in the car. Cause I wanted to pick up on where, it, where it left off. And I know also, uh, for people who have, I think sort of menial jobs or not menial jobs. That's super rude. I, mean, I didn't, <laughs> I did not mean that. I meant jobs where you t- are sitting still and don't, you know, can listen to something. I think the settling your mind, that's what audiobooks do well like you're on a longer arc of a story where i think it gives your your mind's not jumping around which i think that's valuable i'm yeah. barrel on audiobooks there's a stimulation like a brain stimulus type thing that i think goes on with that yeah and i think that reading uh is good for certain times and you have the time to actually sit and do that but if you're in the car you don't have the option to pick up a book so it just serves a different purpose in your day but, but also a major part of childhood development is reading to kids right yeah. and it's not just because they can't read yet it's reading to all age kids right where i think being read to lets your mind go and imagine what you're you know it's like a different thing i think that is mentally healthy approved barrel barrel i'm giving Huge you a barrel, barrel. too uh, barrel and I number three comes from my own world this past week. I've had this happen twice in the last week since I've seen you doing your kids fundraising for them. Mm. So we get text message from somebody like, Hey, Turkey trot, you know, can you pay, uh, sign up for a certain dollar amount for the number of laps that my kid does. And I'm like, I have two thoughts before you even commit to this. Number one, your kid, the whole purpose of this is for your kid to do the legwork, right? And then number two, if you're not going to make your kid do the legwork, just pay it for them. I mean, like, I don't want to ask my kid. My kid's not old enough to get there yet, but in the end, Austin is going to need to fundraise for something. Let's say the goal is $100. I will pay that $100 myself so that I never have to ask my friends for 20 bucks. Or I, it's incumbent upon him to go and earn that hundred bucks because there is something virtuous in that. You're exactly correct. Uh, if you are not going to have your kid do the fundraiser, which I'll find it good, right? It yeah. can be awkward, you like forgot, knocking on doors. All, yeah. There's a bunch of reasons not to have the kid do the fundraiser. Yeah. But if you're into it and the kid's into it and you want to teach the life lesson of, 
you know, there is valuable of like knocking on a door and sort of being embarrassed and looking an adult in the eye and asking, you know, being well-spoken. Like there is benefit if you have time and energy to do that. If not, you pay it. Like there's no second option. There's no like, and screw the person who sent that damning text to you, David Lee Scales. That is not a good look. Like you don't fundraise for your kid. Twice this week, two different people. I mean, that's ridiculous. Did you, did you turkey trot season? I think is the problem. Did you fire back with invectives? No. Did you say, please lose my number? No. And actually to be perfectly you gave money. honest, it, those texts went to Lauren and not me. Okay. Probably because they knew better. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny though. Lauren paid it. The, uh, in a couple, the, you know, better thing. Like I was driving up the other day and a friend of my wife's and I, called she's friend of wife but now you know i'm her friend too but friend of wife i didn't bring this woman into the relationship uh called me up driving not a text either a call hey i gotta leave right now and our dog sitter fell through can i and i was leaving but you know for the day would was gonna be back later can i bring dog over for three days and i said yeah sure drop it off dogs of crap like that ate everything in the house was a real oh, garbage no. hole wife would have never agreed to taking this dog friend knew i call who i normal call right guaranteed getting shut down i'm gonna call me because it's a guarantee he'll see he'll not he'll not consider it and yeah. just say yes <laughs> that is so funny but i reckon that happens for a lot of people absolutely uh, in their relationship absolutely yeah i have I think made it pretty clear to most people in my life. I don't like talking on the phone. Yeah. Not even great about texting. Yeah. So kind of leave me alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that, and people do leave me alone. And I think really what it has to do with the fact that I'm talking six hours a week on air. I don't have a lot more energy after that. I mean, that I feel the same typing emails. Like I, I should do a lot better job of responding, but I feel I'm sitting writing all day, every day. Yeah. And to write extra stuff, to like write on my free time, on my non-writing time, is just, oh. But yeah. then it feels, yeah, letting the people down. I think those people, though, know. Like I hope. They, they don't get offended. I hope. You know, Kevin Miller. Yeah, Kevin. Love you. <laughs> or whoever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking of people that you and I are on the same group Text with. chain, yeah. But uh, Ben Weiland, Mark McGinnis won Best Film last week for Island X. Congratulations. You and I talked about it on the air. I it voted. Was, yeah, and it was being screened at the Florida it Surf won, Film Festival. It won Best Film? It won Best Surf Film. Nice. Yeah. That makes you really happy. So shout out to those guys. Congratulations, once if we don't Mark. reply to your text when you text us to say thanks for talking about it on air, it's because we're not great at texting. And also, just, just because we love you, don't even have to thank it's yeah. just love. exactly yeah. yeah no no thanks needed all right Chaz. Uh, we covered a lot of ground here at album surfboards this week well done so much yep did people get mad at yesterday's super or last week's super pod you no. get angry at the length not at all put them through actually i saw the opposite i saw praise oh, heaped wow. upon wow i think because we're in person sweet we should do that remember that one time we did like a four-hour pod it was like early were, days. Weren't we? It was three hours. Well, maybe. was it because we were watching Stab High, the Waco uh, edition? Uh, yeah, but I think we'd purpose to do a really, like, I think I was doubting that people want oh, long. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Early, early days. Because like you had not been listening to podcasts? No. And you're like, no, people want long. And I said, well, let's, let me test this theory. Yeah. Yeah. We should, we should do another super pod. 
Yeah, we can figure that out. We should clear the schedules one day and okay. just go for like six hours. <laughs> I'm done. I, I mean, I'm in. I'm in. It's done. Yeah. We can do it. We, the thing is, uh, not that album surfboards isn't beautiful, but we need to. We need event like if we're in Florida for the surf film yeah. festival and we have cocktails and like that, or we go on the sailboat. Maybe yeah. we do it on the sailboat. Let's do it. Something Let's do like a, that. Let's do a sailboat. All right, cool. Thanks, Album Surfboards. Thanks, athleticgreens.com slash surf. Thanks, bubscatering.com, promo code winter10. Thanks, at, uh, linkedin.com slash surf. Thank you so much, LinkedIn. Yeah, oh, you huge. know what the fired Billabong and Quicksilver employees can do? Should have worked that in. LinkedIn. Yeah, go to linkedin.com slash surf, find a new job, post a job, all that sort of stuff. All right, until next week. Bon voyage. And don't forget to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash surf. That's linkedin.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.